Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Amen. It's so good to be here and be able to deliver the Word of God again in an in a, in a, uh, atmosphere of my family. And I view that. And uh, somebody often asks us as chaplains, uh, more or less, we're like missionaries because we seldom get to be back with our, those of like faith, okay? Those who, who we are used to worshiping with and worship the same way as what we, when, we were, when we were growing up. And so that's why, that's why I call it family. It's important. It's important for me today. As we as mentioned, we've been going through some things up advance, and uh, it's good to be back with family. It's good to be back to be surrounded by your arms. And probably today you're ministering to me more than I have, will ever be, be able to minister to you. Because I'm come... I've willingly said yes to be a part of the family of God, to be a part of passion, to be a part of who you are and what you have been given by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to say thank you for the opportunity. Thank the Pastor Steve and Julie, and thank you so much uh, for you who, who love us and uh, who love Sheila and I, and uh, who, who will just accept us for who we are. And I, I appreciate that very much. I thank, you for, thank God for another piece of our family as well, for uh, Gary Vavak, my father-in-law who is here, Terry, my sister-in-law who is, who is the elder, and also for Michelle and, and Carson. And I knew she would shake her hand finger at me. And, uh, and, and most of all, I thank the Lord for uh, Sheila who has been by my side no matter what I looked like, no matter what I said. Uh, she uh, put up with everything, uh, and I appreciate that very much. I thank God for this, this season because it is an exciting season. It always has been. Grew up uh, in a Christian home, but grew up in a home where we went to uh, be with fe uh, fellow uh, not only Christians, but fellow family members, and we would celebrate Christmas together. And I would always remember, as we start this Advent, what we call the Advent season, or the season of looking to the arrival of Jesus Christ, and it, remembering that particular day, remember that particular event in history, in history where Christ came, that we might have life, and that we might have it more abundantly. It is an exciting time, and as a kid, I was excited. Christmas was all an exciting year. We had the Black Friday, but that wasn't very important in my life because I was spending it with cousins. We were playing games and stuff, and, and I'll let the parents go out there and, and shop and do all that kind of mess and run through, you know, the crowds and fight the crowds. That, that, that's their business. But my business was to enjoy that and then to anticipate, anticipate seeing that Christmas tree by the, by the fireplace there in that den. And as the days go by, the, the presents piled high. Mm-hmm. And I know some of them had my name on them. And when the parents weren't there, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Do a little shaking. Do a little picking. Do a look of, looking around the house in those secret closets and hiding places. There might be something that I might find. I just couldn't wait. Just couldn't wait to see that, 
those presents and those gifts that I was going to enwrap on Christmas Day. It was a special time. A time that, that I anticipated in, 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 as a child and as I grew older. Today we live in these hurried lives. We have grown accustomed to instant gratification in so many areas of our life. From buying a car or home, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to make it easier and faster. We're skipping Black Friday for the Cyber Monday. Or now we've got Cyber Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right, you know, up to Black Friday. We can't wait. We've got to satisfy our, our, gratific, our instant gratification urge. And if that's not bad or, or good enough, then innovation has taught us that we can order our groceries online. My goodness, and go and pick them up without even leaving the comfort of our car. Amen. I hadn't got that yet, but when Sheila gets a hold of that, I'm in trouble. Amen. We anticipate. We expect because we, and, and we, we, this new innovation doesn't teach us much about waiting. Today we want to talk about the waiting ABCs of the promises of God. In the Scriptures, waiting is viewed as a part of God's way of getting things done. Now I know you don't like that, but let me say that again. In the Scriptures, waiting is viewed as a part of God's way of getting things done. And viewed as a part of strengthening you and I's faith. Amen. Each one of us are in this life walking it out together, waiting for the promise of God that He has given to each and every one of us, or those promises. But there is one very important promise that God made to you and I, and those before us, and those who will come after us. Waiting is a very essential part of our faith. And many times, like I've in indicated, we, we, we don't want to wait for what there is in store for us. But Paul talks about to the Galatian church in Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 1, and I want to read that this morning, 1 through 7. What I am saying, in verse 1, is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is the subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba Father, or Daddy God. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir of God. What a wonderful privilege that we have as sons and daughters of God. That God promised in the book of Genesis, the very beginning in the garden, God told Adam and Eve and to the rest of the generations to follow, my plan is to redeem you from the sin where you messed up. 
That's my plan. God revealed His plan in the Scriptures. He made a promise that He would redeem not only Adam and Eve, but those to follow all the, to the ends of the earth, to every generation, you and I. God made a promise. And at the set time, He delivered on His promise. He not only told us the plan that He was going to do generically, He also t told us to whom He would make it available through. In Isaiah chapter 7, the prophets, in chapter 7, verse 14, he says, I'm going to make it through a virgin. I'm going to give you an insight. I'm going to give you just a little blip of my plan for the earth, of my plan for your salvation, of my plan for your life, that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. To whom it's going to be delivered, I'm going to give you a little blip. And that is through Mary, through a virgin. And she's going to call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Gave us through the prophets again in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. He promised that, I'm going to give you another indication. I'm going to give you another blip. My promise is going to come to pass. I'm going to tell you where it's going to happen. It's going to happen in Bethlehem. Micah tells us in chapter 5. And he continues through, through the old covenant. And in the New Covenant, it comes to pass. Years, decades, centuries passed. And Paul recounts all of these things. And he says in verse 4, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son. Our faith is full of waiting. <laughs> we waited a long time. God waited a long time for you to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. You become a son and daughter of God. But God said it was right on time. It wasn't just a time. It was the fullness of time. It was the set time that He had set. Everything was ready for it. You were ready for that promise. You see, we want to sometimes get into the present early. We want to sometimes open it up and find out what's in there early. God says, no, there's a set time that I have for each one of you. How many has ever received the promise of God and you hadn't received it yet? Amen? Yeah? We have. We haven't received it yet. But God is speaking to us through the, through the, coming, the coming of His Son that there's a set time for that promise. There's a fullness of time in which God will deliver on that promise. And I hate to tell you that sometimes that promise you've got to receive and know that you have it even though you can't see it. Even though you can't see it. So what are you waiting for in that fullness of time? In that time where God is in control. Why is waiting so important to each and every one of us in God's economy? Because it teaches us some things. Why is waiting important? The waiting ABCs. Because it anchors my hope in God's promises. As I come into this room and I hear the Word of God. As I hear it sang. As I hear it spoken. It is that Word of God that makes a difference in each one of our lives. It gives us hope. I can tell you. 
through many, many years of, of doing this chaplain work and of doing this pastoral work. There's a lot of words that have been given to us, a lot of promises that have been given to us, but there is none that brings the lasting hope that this word gives. It is the word of God. If God said that he would send forth his son and, bring, and declare it in the book of Genesis and declare it through the prophets and he brought it to pass... God's promise was brought to pass through Jesus Christ. Then if God promises me something, I can look to that promise and say, because that promise was fulfilled, what God says, I will hope in. I will hope in His Word. His Word is eternal. His Word is powerful. I have often found the gap between the promise of God and His fulfillment to be much longer than I had anticipated. When I saw that, I thought about that old commercial about uh, that uh, ketchup. And you turn it upside down, and they're trying to let it just leak on its own, and it just wouldn't come out. And they'd sing that song, Anticipation. And, yeah. Is it ever going to come to pass? Is God ever going to answer His, pr His, His, His promise? But I can tell you that His promise is secure. Just as He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to redeem us from our sins, and you sat there, sat here today as a child of God. What God says in His Word, what God promises to you, is that hope that is an anchor to your life. It is that anchor that you need to be established in, to build upon. It is the promises of God that are solid and secure, that keep the, in, in the God that keeps His Word. You see, delay does not negate the promises of God. It does not negate the promises of God. It does not mean denial either. We are waiting. We are waiting on the Lord. You see, if it had not been for the promise that God had given to us in 2018, in March, I believe it was, maybe April, when we met our, our oldest daughter and son-in-law, Justin, in Dallas, and they announced to us that they were pregnant. Or, you know, my, our daughter was pregnant. But they were both pregnant. Hi, Justin and Haley and Ryder and Sailor. Yes. You don't want me to talk like I do to them, so it doesn't make sense. But when they, were, when they told us that, that they were to be born, Sheila about passed out. She fell back in her chair. And when she gained her composure, she sat up and said such, said such of the weirdest words. She said, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. In my spiritual mind, I said, what in the world are you thinking? What are you saying? They're going to be okay. Of course they're going to be okay. It's kind of funny to say something like that. That's out of the ordinary. She said, they're going to be okay. We did not know what that meant. But it was definitely a word from the Lord. Because just a few months later, 25 weeks later in fact, Ryder and Sailor were born. Well under two pounds. When we looked at them, I did not know if they would live the next moment. We did not know what would happen to them. Even if they did live. And they've been through so much. But it has been that word that God spoke through Sheila. They'll be okay. In other words, that, that has been spoken to us.
that, that we have been anchored to. Anchored to. In fact, when we were in the hospital after they were born, all of the family members were up there. All of the family members were up there from the different sides, from the Sellers side to the Vavak side to the Stevens side and to the Goad side. And we were in a circle praying. And the Lord spoke so specifically to my heart. And He said, we need to pray that God give us a word. It'll be our anchor. It'll, it'll be our anchor that will hold whenever the storm of life is, tosses us about. The Word of God, the promise of God, even in the, in the waiting time, teaches us that the Word is our anchor. It will give us that lasting hope. When everything else says, no, it's not going to happen. When the circumstances look like it's the opposite. When, life is, when God is saying life and you're looking at death, that is what God's Word is. It's an anchor. That's, it's an anchor to the soul. It's our anchor. Hallelujah. It is our anchor. And we held to the Word of God. And we've got many, many pictures and many, many miracles that God has performed because of His Word. Because of His Word. And as we learn that, that God's Word is solid and secure as we wait upon the Lord, His, His anchor secures us through that promise. It also teaches us to be patient. You see, if God promised and sent Jesus His Son, then what God promised to us will come to pass. It will come to pass. If we believe His promise, and I know you do, then you must believe that, Jesus sent his, that God sent His own Son to die for you and you've received Christ. Then you must believe the promise of God and, and allow yourself to have patience. Wait! Wait on the Lord, for He is faithful. Wait in hope. The promise has been given to us. Lamentations remind us the promises of God are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Wait. See, that requires patience. Which reminds me, I have little love. And I know how much, how much smaller it grows when I have to drive. Not here. This is nothing. When we lived in San Antonio. The Lord prompted me always before I got on the road to pray. And it wasn't really that I would stay out of a wreck. It was just that, that the Lord would give me patience and I wouldn't lose my, lose my salvation. And I wouldn't bless somebody else over and over and over and over again. It wasn't just one, it was two. No, no, it wasn't even two. It was three or four, five, five times, you know, testing the faith. But waiting patiently. Waiting patiently for the coming of that promise. Because we've waited patiently on the Lord. On the coming of Jesus Christ. Born of a virgin. In the town of Bethlehem. Just as God said, He delivered on His promise. So why wait it anchors my hope. Number two, why wait? It builds my faith in God's promises. It builds my faith in God's promises. It is one thing to hope in the Lord. It is one thing to be anchored by the hope that God gives to me. That, that's great. 
That's wonderful. I'm anchored when the winds of life blow. But when I have faith, in order to build my faith, I have to believe God's promise. And sometimes I have to step out on God's promise. I have to take action on God's promise. I may not see it with the natural eye. I certainly don't feel it with my feelings. But I know that I know that if Jesus Christ came and I'm saved today because of the coming of Jesus, that I must believe everything that He has promised and that He will fulfill everything that He has promised to me and to you. So why wait? Because it builds our faith. We expectantly believe and step out and act on the promises of God. Pastor Steve, a few Sundays ago, asked some of you to step out on the promise of God. And many of you did. He guaranteed that he'd give your money back if he didn't. An act of faith. Does he have the money to give back? No. He said, well, it's my money. Okay, well, he give back your money. You can keep your money. God doesn't need that. He needs your acting in faith, your obedience to him. Did I say that? Okay, sorry, Steve. Everybody, it's, you need to tie. Okay. <laughs> it's a part of your faith building. But he asked you. He asked you to act on the promise of God. That's what he was doing. Act on the promise of God. Act on it. Believe it. If you believe the promise of God, if you hope in it that God will provide for all of your need, then act on it. <laughs> when you woke up early morning, 4 o'clock, 3.30 for some of you on Friday morning, you were acting on your faith that, that the store that you were going to were going to have the goods that you were going after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence, the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, of everything that's required to prove what is still unseen. You say, well, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's not supposed to make sense. Not to our natural mind, because God's Word says that His ways are higher than our ways. That His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Do you want to be obedient to God? Do you want, are you a son or, a child, or daughter of God? Are you a son and daughter of God? Yes. Amen. We are sons and daughters of God. And if we are, then we've got to believe the Abba Father, the Father who just said, God has a way for you. God has provision for you. And if you act out on His provision, He will never let you go. For the psalmist said, and I was thinking about this earlier, in Psalm chapter 37, verse 25, For I've been young, and now I'm old. That's for you, Terry. No, I'm sorry, that's for me. I'm older than her. Okay, we're, we're going to have something after. <laughs> My sister-in-law. Love her. I've been young, now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous. What? I've never seen the righteous what? Forsaken. Forsaken. Or, the or, or them out there begging for bread. 
God has a way. God has, has, has a way to make, make provision for each and every one of us. As you're standing and believing today for the, in the promises of God, God has a way to meet those needs. Stand and wait and allow your faith to be built. For God is the God of promise. Faith involves trusting the promises of God. God makes a promise. Faith believes it. Hope anticipates it. And patience quietly waits for it. You see, Sheila and I were, had started a church in South Mississippi. Down there when our kids were really young. And we were hashing it out. And just, you know, after three years, we were getting in there and things were going okay. And the Lord began to stir our heart about going back to graduate school. Graduate school. I'd started and gone a year at Oral Roberts University. This is in Gulfport. And, and Oral Roberts University is in Tulsa, of course. And the Lord began to deal with our heart and her, Sheila's heart about going back to graduate school. Well, being the humble man that I am, I said, God, what can graduate school do for me? When that, I look back on that day and I said that to God and I said, man, that's so arrogant. What, can, what, what will graduate school do for me? I, I, I've been out here, I've pastored, I've been a associate pastor. I've gone out and started this church. Lord, what can they do for me? Why do I need to go back to graduate school? And I said this, Lord, if, you want, if this is you and you want me to go back to graduate school, you're going to have to give me the desire to go back to graduate school because I have none. Zero! I have no feeling towards it, no inclination for it. I don't want to do it. And I felt the Lord just in my spirit whisper, if you will take the first step, I will give you the feeling. I will give you the want to, the desire. Well, somehow intuitively I knew what the first step was. And that was to resign the church that I was at. And that's what we did. Five months later, we were packing up our kids in the U-Haul and driving to Tulsa to finish that graduate degree. To finish that graduate degree. Not knowing why and not knowing how. But by the time we arrived in Tulsa, my heart was so full of desire and excitement about going back to graduate school. What I'm telling you today is that what God promises, He will deliver. He will deliver. But I had to act on faith. Why wait? Because it builds my faith in a God who will fulfill His Word if we will obey. If we will obey His Word. The book of Hebrews in chapter 4 speaks it boldly. And says, let's walk right up to God. And God get what He is so ready to give. Receive the mercy, accept His help. His help in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words.
He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. But I must warn you, in Hebrews chapter 11 at the very end, where he talks about David, Jephthah, Gideon, and many heroes of the faith that we read about and the stories that we know well. He said all of these died in the faith, believing, having not received the promise that God gave to them. So that, so that, they may not receive alone, but that they may receive with you and I. And what was that promise? In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. So they believed. The Scripture says they saw, but they didn't receive at that moment, but they did receive it. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we believe. Sometimes you get dis- disoriented in faith. But God says, stand on His Word. Stand on His Word. Keep believing. Patiently waiting. God's Word will not lie. And God's Word does not change. change. Three, why wait? It connects me to the object of my affection. And I must hurry. Who made the promise? Whose promises is it? Who made the promise in Genesis chapter 3? Who made the promise and was prophesied by Micah and Isaiah and the prophets? Who, who made those promises? Who made them? You see, the promise is connected to the one who promised. The promise is connected to the one who promised. And when God made a promise in Hebrews chapter 6, listen to this, when God made His promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for God to swear by, He swore by Himself. Now this is much better than a car sale, uh, salesman saying, you, you'll never, this car will always be there for you. It's going to last you forever. That's terrible. I hope nobody's a car salesman. But it is kind of true, you know. It's better than my word. God said, because there's no one greater to to promise that my word is going to come to pass, I swear by myself. In other words, if I don't fulfill my promise, you have reason to doubt. You have reason to reject me. But his word is fulfilled in that set time, in that appointed time, in that fullness of time. God's word was fulfilled. So whatever... And whoever I've placed my faith in, it it results in me either being satisfied, excited about the one who promised, or or, or dejected and mad at the one who made the promise and couldn't fulfill it. You see, Mary as a virgin believed the words of the angel of the Lord. (laughs) And she gave birth to the son of the living God. You hear what I'm saying? Mary believed, as a virgin, the words of the angel of the Lord, of Christ. And she gave birth to the Son of God. You see, believing is knowing. Waiting helps us to get to know the gift giver. The gift is the manifestation of the giver. Wait with the promise giver.
Wait with the promise giver. Has God given you a promise? Has God given you a promise? God's already fulfilled His promise. And He's made you sons and daughters of God because He sent forth His Son into the world at that appointed time. And God says, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'll give you another comforter just like I am. I'm not going to let you believe and stand alone as you have to navigate life believing my promises. I'm going along with you. Why wait? It connects me to the object of my affection. Why God wants you to know that He loves you. He wants you to know that He loves you. You are His son and daughter. You are His people. His sheep. Wait. He wants you to know that He is with you as you wait for the promise that He has given. He not only gave you the promise, He's going to be with you till it comes. Well, isn't that just back to Christmas? The gift always looks like the giver. Oh, now come on. It, it, it works far, far past Christmas time. When you're opening that present, it looks like a, the one who gave it. No. Yeah, we love each other like we want to be loved. Some like to be touched. Others don't want to be touched. They want to be spoken to. Whatever we desire, whatever ministers to us, that's how we give. In all of God's greatness, He gives of Himself to you. And says, I'm not going to just wait for that fullness of time when, when it's right. That my promise that I've given to you is going to be fulfilled. The promise giver is going to walk with you. And he is what Isaiah said in chapter 7, verse 14. Emmanuel. God with us. The promise is with us. That God has given to us. The payoff. Catherine, you can come. The payoff. We learn what waiting is all about. It's about our relationship with the promise giver. With Jesus Christ our Lord. As the scripture said in Galatians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7. That we are the sons and daughters of God. And he has sent forth the spirit of his son into us. You see the gift is not under the tree. The true gift or promise is walking with you and I. Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. You don't have to have a formula to, to, to receive the promise of God. You don't have to do a certain thing or live a certain way at this point to, to, to receive the promise of God. You only have to believe and walk with the one who gave that promise. I am convinced if you will walk with Him, He will make you everything that He desires you to be. He will give you everything that you need to be more than an overcomer in this life. He will give you everything that you need to be holy unto Him. He will empower you. If you want to know what the gift is, you only need to know the giver of the gift. You see, if you're ready to see your promise, you only need to see and know the provider of the promise. If you need peace, then you look to the peacemaker. If you need joy, then you look to the joy maker. 
Christ is that promise. The revelation of God Himself to you and I, whom He has sent to be with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Many of you have received the prom a promise of God. You're waiting patiently, and you've been waiting patiently. And you're getting tired of waiting patiently. And God is encouraging today. Let it be that that word is the anchor of your soul. That your faith is going to be built as you believe every moment of the day as you believe and you take action upon that word. Don't give up on it. Your mind is going to tell you it's not worth it. You don't have to believe it. It doesn't make sense. Paul says, says how we can act upon the word when those thoughts come. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 5, cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and they will come over and over and over again. But you must take that word that God's given to you, the promise of God, and speak back to it. Fill your mind with the promise of God. For in Christ lies the fullness of the Godhead. I like what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. He said, for I'm convinced. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What time is it for you? What time is it for you? The promise has come. The promise has come. And He's walking with you right now. He's walking with you right now. He's not going to leave you comfortless. Not going to leave you comfortless. Let's bow. Our hearts and heads toward to Him. Our God, we thank You right now. That in this room, as we stand, Lord, upon Your Word, believing Your promises, Lord, that are yes and amen for the glory of God. That there are many things in our life that You have promised come to pass, but they haven't come to pass yet. But that one promise that is so important to each and every one of us has. And that is that You said You would send Your Son, and You did. That I might have life, and that I might have it more abundantly. And that Him... He, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, is with us as we believe and stand waiting on the promises of God. I wonder this morning, if your heads are bowed or not, that maybe God has made you some promises and they haven't come to pass. Maybe you're struggling today. Say, God... When are they going to come to pass? When is that family member going to come to you? When is this sickness going to stop? When is peace going to be restored? When are you going to provide for our needs? Maybe you're here this morning. Grab a hold of the promise of God. who says, I will provide for your every need. Grab a hold of the faithfulness of God and says, My mercies are new every morning. You can take it to the bank. God will deliver His word. God will answer your cry. And He will. He will 
bring to pass what He has promised you. Stand and believe. If you're standing and believe, let's stand. If you're standing and believing in something, why don't you just stand right now? You're, you're believing in something that God has promised you. You're believing God. You've been believing God. Please stand. Amen. God sees those. God sees you. I'm standing. <laughs> believing. I'm with you. God's promise, promises are true. And I've been standing on some promises of God. And I've been believing God's promises. And I haven't seen them come to pass, but I know that I'm going to. I know that I'm going to, and sometimes I've struggled through it. Sometimes when I see it, I don't see, see it coming to pass. I can't understand that, how it's going to come to pass. But I just know God's promises are true. He sent Jesus, didn't He? And if He sent Jesus, He can meet my needs. So right now, there where you're at, your eyes closed, just in that simple prayer, say, God, I believe Your Word. I believe that You came and was sent by God as an answer to the promise that you made to the entire creation that you would send your son that I might have life and have it more abundantly and because you sent your son I received you in my heart and because I'm your son or daughter of God now the promise that you made to me I will believe it and I will receive it in Jesus name in Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.